This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. It is a Wednesday, the last time I checked, and we're still streaming live on the ESPN app. Number for the program is 844-SAY-ACCN. Everybody has been accounted for. You know who was here first today? That would be Otto. Bright and chipper. Ready to roll. (laughs) He's been here all night, hadn't he? I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he just stayed here the whole night. I didn't even know it downstairs. There you go. Uh, But Otto's rocking. We got Captain Ron, Robert. The boys are here. Chester and uh, Fuller. Fuller's gotten loaded up on some sulfur biscuits. So beware, Mr. Durham. You'll be good to... uh, Hey, blame Captain Ron. He brought in the biscuits this morning. So he's on your side of the table over there. Start the administrative process of eliminating Captain Ron from the proceedings is what we're going to have to do. He's working hard over there. Uh, Again, 844-SAY-ACCN, the number. You know who we are. You know that drill. And uh, we got stuff to get into. It's a busy show. Yeah, we got full show. David Hale will be here at 8 o'clock. If you haven't, uh, you'll want to read the work that he did, co-authored on ESPN.com about the transfer portal as it relates to college football. Uh, it's, a, it's an investigative – I wouldn't say investigative. It's probably too strong a word. It's a comprehensive look at how the transfer portal is changing the way a lot of college football programs go about their business from the standpoint of the 85 and the way the numbers work and when guys leave and when guys show up and coaches like Dabo Sweeney who have been talking about it, Nick Saban who has been talking about it, all these different variations of college football with the transfer portal, and he does a really good job, and it's changing spring practice. How's that? Uh, yesterday, I think the third or fourth Florida State player went in the portal. I don't keep up with it anymore. I know, but that's I, what I I'm saying. It's It's gotten to a point now where there's two versions of the portal, two dominant versions of the portal. We touched on this yesterday. There's the one kind of following the end of the regular season before the bowls, right? And then there's this other one that shows up this time of year following spring practice when guys realize, oh, well, the spring semester is coming to an end and I'm going to hop in the portal. And that's college football. Now, here's basketball. Look at the basketball tweet from Jeff Goodman yesterday. 1,418 players are in the portal. 158 walk-ons, 19 withdrew. That means 1,241 scholarship players are in the portal. 3,600 are in the football portal. You wonder, why don't you keep up with the portal? Because you can't. Yeah. I mean, so David Hale will be here at 8 o'clock. We'll talk about that. Sophia LaRose. That's that's 5,000 scholarship players in men's basketball and football in the portal. Right. You think there's 5,000 landing spots? No, there are not. And that is, to me, I keep harping on this, is the story that has not been told. Totally agree. That there are so many kids that have said, "Hey, I'm going to pass on playing for player, you know, school X and coach Y, and I'm giving up a scholarship and an education, a free education, and they think there's a landing spot. There isn't. Right. That's a problem. So, hypothetically, this morning, you're joining us. You're either in your car listening to us on ACC Radio on Sirius XM on 371, or you got out of bed and your remote is stuck, and you're like, "Dog, gonna can't, can't get change rid the of cha- this channel." <laughs> right. So, and you dial us up, and I don't know where, where else we're going to go with this other than to tell you, think about the number of young people in those two sports, football and men's basketball, at the Division One level, 
that are surrendering a scholarship. Now, are a majority of them going to find a landing spot? We hope so. We think so. It looks that way. I don't think so. I don't think a majority of them. I don't. I think it's a problem. Okay, but I will say this: the fact that young people are walking off on a free education without any guaranteed net is a criminal is a real problem. Yeah, because now, and it's probably reaching a point where people ought to understand the system is not doing its basic work if nobody comes out of this with an education. Well, David, we'll get into all this stuff yeah, with David, David Hale next hour. Uh, but David Shaw from Stanford, who I respect like nobody's business, uh, was talking about transfer windows. Yeah. There, there's got to be some kind of restriction something. and so forth. Of course, the NCAA is reluctant because, uh-oh, there could be a potential lawsuit because you know student-athletes got all the power and control. So we'll get into this in greater detail with David Hale. But if you want to read the article just to see what a mess we've got ourselves into, uh, you can certainly do that. Right. We'll get into that deeper next hour. Um, also in the 8 o'clock hour, Sophia LaRose will be here. The goalie from Duke's women's lacrosse team makes her triumphant return to the program. She was on about a year ago. Yes. And uh, she's a West Coast girl. Yeah, and boy. And really talented, really smart, and uh, looking forward to that. I recall she... surfing? Yep. Okay. That's exactly right. That's San right. Diego. And mm-hmm. uh, we got a little Duke Carolina thing going on this weekend and women's lacrosse, which is going to be out of sight. Uh, but we've got other stuff up our sleeves today, including a little baseball. Mm-hmm. We, had some, we had a big baseball night last night. Yeah, we're going to touch on that. Cason Wilburn, or Carson Wilburn will be here as well from Notre Dame. Case Cason Wilburn, I'm sorry. Cason Wilburn Swimmer. from Notre Dame. Swimmer. All academic in Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, Butterfly Freestyle from Notre Dame from Chesapeake, Virginia. He'll join us uh, in Unity Week. And then Mike Rooney at 915, Jamie Ortega as well. You mentioned baseball. Runes will be here at 915. Uh Good night last night for the league. Really good. Yeah. Dan McDonald in Louisville, top of the card, yesterday afternoon on ACC Network. Uh, Cardinals have now won 13 of the last 16 against Kentucky in baseball. There you 13 go. of 16. That started the ball game. How about that? First inning, hit one out. You know what else is cool about this series? Hmm. The colors. You, yeah. get, you get great contrast when they play. It doesn't matter where it's played, whether it be at Louisville or in Lexington. Doesn't matter the sport, but right now the Cardinals are playing good baseball. Really good. Good crowd at Jim Patterson last night to see the ball game, as you would expect, 4-2 the final. Notre Dame a winner yesterday. How about Clemson last night? Beach uh, Georgia 8-4. The Tigers are now 5-0 and against the Southeastern Conference in baseball. Monty Lee. They haven't been able to beat anybody, for the most part, in the ACC, yep. but the SEC has not been a problem for the Tigers. There you go. So Monty Lee's team a winner. Jonathan French hits one off the scoreboard here. And Clemson goes to Frank Foley Field last night in Athens and comes away with a win. And our man Beret, tweet of the night with tonight's win at Clemson, or tonight's win at Georgia. Clemson has swept South Carolina and Georgia in the same season for the first time since 1999, just the second time in the last 50 years, only the fifth time in history Tigers have done it. 59, 71, 98, and 99. Uh, anytime they play, it's a big I, I say it mm-hmm. all the time. That's a natural, perfect rivalry. Different conferences, yep. different states, 60 miles apart. Fan bases see each other at the water cooler every morning at work. That's a good one. Yeah. Really good. Uh, elsewhere last night, we told you Notre Dame beat Valpo 5-1. Virginia Tech a winner, 9-6 over VMI. Miami beat Bethune-Cookman, 
nine, nothing. Uh, Wake Forest, six. Appalachian, five. Uh, Georgia Tech, 15. Mercer, two. Uh, Liberty beat Duke 3-2. What's up with Duke, all right? They sweep Notre Dame, Yeah. right? Notre Dame comes in there, top 10 in the country. Duke goes WWW, then right. they lose to Liberty. I mean, that's baseball, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Uh, VCU beat Virginia 9-7. What's up with the hoots, man? What's gotten into the hoots? <laughs> yeah, I'll find out this weekend. I, mean, I know by. you're heading to Charlottesville, yeah. but we got to get, get the hoots straightened out. Roddy and I are thinking about going to the ball game this weekend. Well, they got Maybe North Friday Carolina. Night. That'd yeah. be a good series. Uh, Carolina beat Campbell 7-4. And uh, that's the way it looked. By the way, Pitt and West Virginia today, 1 o'clock at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Backyard brawl, part 7,000. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Virginia, anytime they get together, yeah. it's a great one. I don't care what the sport is with that either. Yeah. It's good. Um, we got some news on the uh, lacrosse side on the ladies division. Emily Harris-Chuck of Syracuse now has 262 goals. She passed Kayla Trainer. Her coach. head coach, her head coach, <laughs> who had 260 from 2013 to 2016, increased her point total to 328, which is just seven points away from fourth on Syracuse all-time record list. Uh, Megan Tyrell also reached a milestone in the win over Albany. She had three assists, 102 in her career, fifth player in program history, record at least a hundred career assists. You know what? Add Harris Chuck to you know Jimmy Ortega, who we'll talk with later on, and. You know, obviously, Charlotte, Charlotte North. North. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing the offensive firepower mm-hmm. we've got in lacrosse on both the men's and women's yeah. side. It's impressive. Uh, also, on the campus in central New York yesterday. This uh, is cool. Syracuse unveiled this mural honoring 50 years of women's athletics and Title IX at the university. The mural celebrates the history of women's athletics, acknowledging that those who set the standard for current and future women's student athletes, coaches, and professionals. In the mural, one of the people depicted is Catherine Switzer, Syracuse graduate and first woman to run the Boston Marathon, 1967. Uh, physically accosted by one of the race officers in an attempt to get her off the course, all because she was a woman. She didn't flinch and finish the race. By the way, Syracuse obviously unveiled that mural on the day of the Boston Marathon. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, I like it. Congratulations, John Wildhack. Another stroke of genius up there to kind of piece all that together. We may have to get uh, Wildhack on here and get the uh, name of the artiste. We might have to. We, we got some blank walls down here that we could probably use some work on. What do you think? Huh? I can, I, the thing is incredible now. Mm-hmm. That's an, a really an amazing mural. Yeah. So Wildhack's got to have some t- contacts up there to get that deal. Is that done. what you want to do? You want to? Why not? Get John on and see if we can. All I mean, this is you, really cool. I think this is really cool. I like come this. flush with cash, and you're gonna. Well, I don't have any cash, but uh, you know, maybe we can get some free Czechoslovakian mugs. We got a few of those laying around. You're using one today. I'm using one this morning. Yeah, the old the old mugs well, we that used some, to have the letters on. We got them. some spaces over here that yeah. uh, you know I try to eat up some space with the ESPN banner that everybody gets to sign when they come into the. Uh, basement but we got some space we that gotta, we can come in here got to bring some people into the basement apparently because there's not as many signatures on there as we once anticipated well we, we're finally getting back to having people stop by yeah we got a big wig stopping by tomorrow matter of fact well i bring in one of the programming poobahs we're, in we're here. bringing in uh, one of yeah. the big time executives from uh, espn gonna sit here and watch this okay. deal here is the day de- we've already so got have the- be on your best behavior I will. tomorrow Alexis, Sh- shave, shower. I, I highly will. suggest. Do all that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pretend you care. 
Alexis Mohammed. Yeah, there's our signature. There's our signature. See, look, we got some space over there. There We we can get that done right there. Um. Yeah, we got the cutout up on the wall. Yeah, that was the uh, that was at the. At the ballpark. That was right there in the front row. They Pike shipped Bell. it back to me, the Giants. Yeah, the kid with bad the garlic day fries. Yeah. Um, Alexis Muhammad, class of 21, is an illustrator and concept artist from downstate New York. She created the mural at Syracuse with the guidance of Syracuse professor Ginny Hu, who teaches in the College of Visual and Performing Arts. I like everything about it. I thought it's impressive. Very impressive. Such class there. There it is. I like it. There you go. Great idea. Unbelievable. And uh, well done by everybody at uh, at Syracuse. So thanks for sharing that. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, because the wall I'm talking about, I mean, they knocked that bad boy out in a couple days. I mean, I got to figure that took a while, right? I mean, I, I am a terrible artist. I don't know about you. I got Awful would be the word I, you yeah, use. Yeah, I'm not awful, but I, I'm not very good. I couldn't pull that off. Yeah. So I need some help with that. We get a little decorative. Well, maybe that'll be put that in the budget. What do you think? Good luck on that. I don't, I'm not feeling good about no, that, but no. uh, I'm just saying. Well, you get the programming poobahs in here. Well, no, we got, tell them what you can Like I said, uncover. we got an executive coming in here tomorrow. Yeah. So maybe we'll just uh, throw Code that one That's it. All right. Uh, when we come back, the baseball race in the ACC. Is tight. Yeah, it is. Historically tight. <laughs> um, I don't want to say everybody's in play, but everybody's in play. You might say it's a glob. Uh-oh. Yep. Glob. When we come back on the Diamond next with Packer and Durham on a Wednesday. Good morning. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. It's that time of the year, man. Yeah. And when you take a snapshot of where we are in ACC baseball as far as the standings go, Uh because it's now worth taking a gander. Okay. To try to figure this thing out as we get ready to run to Charlotte for the ACC baseball championship. For those of for those of you dialing in, ACC plays baseball in divisions because there are fourteen schools. Syracuse does not have baseball. Here's the Atlantic and the Coastal, and look at the mess pack. Well, ten of the fourteen teams are at five hundred or better. Right. Ten of the fourteen. Yep. Uh, this is going to be an absolute crazy race down the stretch. Now, keep in mind, Miami's been rolling yep. until this past weekend uh, when the Hokies got them, two out of three. But Miami's sitting pretty. But, man, other than, you take Miami out of the mix, yep. it is a fist fight is what this is. Mm-hmm. Total fist fight. Yep. Look you at got the- a huge series this weekend with Louisville and NC State uh, to keep an eye on, right? I know the Elliott Avent sent me a note with he and his dogs – Watching the show, and I know he's getting geared up for this bad boy, but that's a monster series this weekend. Okay, all the teams now, when we talk about it, you've got uh, the teams 500 and four games better than 500 in the conference. That's what we talked about. Now, I want to show you some years gone by, right? For instance, let's dial it back one year. Let's just dial back to 21, Notre Dame won the Atlantic at 25 and 10. Georgia Tech won the Coastal at 21 and 15. Now, I know but because of the pandemic, we were dealing with um, different records and those type things because of cancellations and postponements and so forth. But when you start looking at the ACC schedules, remember the midweek games were basically null and void a year ago as well because of the pandemic. You go back to the season's past, then you start to see, okay, what about 2019? 
Well, in 2019, you only had four teams in the Atlantic Division 500 or better. Okay? They're the four teams 500 or better in the Atlantic. And you only had four or more in the Coastal. Okay? When you look at where we are now, you got four in the Atlantic and you've got five in the Coastal. Going to be interesting to see because not everybody goes, even though the field expanded handsomely 20-some years ago, not everybody goes, Pack. It doesn't work that way, even, even though it should. The automatics take spots, all those things that we've come accustomed to. Well, we'll talk to Mike Rooney in Hour 3 mm-hmm. on the program, but you know, I, I'll emphasize again, this past weekend, 15 of the top 25 teams in college baseball lost their series. It is really a microcosm of what we have seen in football and in basketball. That number beside your name doesn't mean anything. There's a bunch of old teams that can really play. And Mm -hmm. so you've got to grind. And, you know, we've seen older teams take care of business. And I know midweek games, again, you get some crazy scores. But by the time you get to the weekend and the conference play, nobody's really been able to separate themselves other than red hot Miami. And like I said, they just lost two of three to Virginia tech. Mm -hmm. Who's now creeped into the top 10. So the conference has been very good. I think 13 of the 14 teams have been ranked at some point in time. The last D one rankings that came out, I think there's five teams in the ACC ranked in the top 20. So this is a terrific basket terrific baseball conference, but it reminds me of the basketball season and the football season where there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of separation. Once there's no super great team, but yet, there's a bunch of teams that are really, really good. And that leads to great competition. And you mm-hmm. saw it this weekend when we gave you four teams in the ACC last week were ranked in the top 10. They combined to go 2-10 and 10 right. in games over the weekend against other ACC teams. That is where this league is right now. Yeah, and I think the other part about it, too, for those of you kind of catching up here, the midweek game is – kind of an RPI, it's a regional deal. There's all sorts of different things. You get the rivalry games played like we talk about with Clemson and Georgia, things of that nature. Here's the other thing, though. The coaches and the teams are looking at those midweek games because even in the pool formats or in the double elimination once you get to the NCAA, pool in the ACC tournament, double elimination when you get to the NCAAs, somebody pitching in those midweek games is going to get the ball in a big moment in postseason. That's right. It's just going to happen. So if there's a, a sorting out process, an evaluation, or whatever, that's where it is principally, is in pitching. And so when you see scores like we were just rolling off here, um, like last night in the Louisville-Kentucky game, uh, they both schools were going through pitching last night. They weren't stressing anybody. Inning here, two innings there, that kind of thing. Um, the thing I would note to you about those games last night, Virginia Tech won 9-6 against VMI. I haven't even looked at the box score. Probably four or five pitchers for the Hokies in that game. One of those type guys in that scenario is going to be a guy that's going to get a ball in a big postseason moment. 100% It's going to happen. But I I go back to this past weekend because I think it is very indicative of where this conference is and really where baseball is. Um, When you see the results, I mean, Louisville has been playing great baseball. They go to Florida State, bang. Swept. You're like, what What happened, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Notre Dame playing great baseball. Bam. Lose all three to Duke. Here comes Duke, who's been a cellar dweller, quite frankly, all season long. Man, now you figure they're going to get hot. They lost last night to Liberty. Baseball is goofy, right? Yeah. Especially the midweek games. But you saw it in our league play, I thought, over the weekend. 
where here's Miami playing lights out. Virginia Tech's been hot. Hokies take two out of three. Again, four top ten teams went two and stinking ten, mm-hmm. right? Virginia's been playing well. They got swept by Miami. No shame there because the Canes are playing great. They go to Pittsburgh. They lose two of three. Right. Wake Forest has been hot. What do they do? They lose two of three at home to Clemson. You can't make any rhyme or reason on all of this stuff. And it leads to terrific series leading to the rest of April, all of May, as we make the run here to Charlotte about three uh, miles down the road for the tournament, which is going to be great. It's yeah. going to be competitive. It will be great. And uh, I, I can't tell you if you – we talked about this a couple of days ago. The, the ballpark is terrific. The setting is terrific. Um in my understanding, last year most of the teams walked to the ballpark or close enough to the ballpark to it's a short ride, if not a walk, and so good for those guys. And um, I expect if the weather holds, it'll be a terrific atmosphere. It'll be awesome. Yep. Charlotte does it. I said, you know, Durham did a great job hosting it. Great mm-hmm. ballpark. Sure did. Yep. Charlotte's got the same deal. There's a number of places where it would be a natural fit, but it certainly works here in the Queen City. Uh, one other note to share with you. Did you see they're using a pitch clock in minor league baseball, saving 20 minutes a game? I saw it, and the first person I thought of was you, because you hate baseball. Don't hate baseball. Not true. Not the statement. Not the statement. Game lasts too long. Takes forever. If it, were, if it were up to you, baseball would be like an hour and ten minutes. No, no. And then two, you'd have, then you'd have two a, and a half. You would have a thirty-minute pregame show that you could host, Pack. and a thirty-minute postgame no, no. show no. you can host. No, two and a half would be good. I can sometimes settle for three in a good. Oh game. no, you couldn't. I can. You know, you don't have the patience. For but three. I can tell you this: the stuff that gets to three and a half and four. <laughs> but you like doing games. I do. So what's but, the problem? What, it wouldn't a, a game that goes into overtime in football? Didn't don't you like those games? I mean, college football. How old, how long is college, college football? College football is three hours, three and a half. Oh, it's longer. Three than and a half, half typically. You got a problem with that? No, not I, at they, all. The game could move faster. College <laughs> football, if they adopted some of the Let's NFL timing rules. Let's be honest. Baseball is an acquired taste. Right, some people just don't get it, and that's fine. It's like I soccer. like baseball. I like going to games. I love baseball. I don't mind doing games, except when we drag it around. See, I, when we step out after every pitch and we walk around, you know why baseball is great. Mound, let me tell you why baseball. There's no clock. Great. No, let me tell you why baseball is great. All right, because you can great? tell stories. Baseball is one of those sports that if you're a broadcaster, you can tell stories. That mm-hmm. there's nothing better than I having free time. I just see the pitch clock shaving 20 minutes off minor league and games. I, I saw the story. I said, that's got – should have West Durham's picture or name mm-hmm. beside the number. I did a few – Look, let me tell you something. I was watching a game the other night, and I told you this, where a team scored 10 in the ninth. They were already up seven and scored 10 in the ninth. You would rather have Root Canal nope. than have to watch that. No, I, I would not rather have Root Canal. I promise you. I'd watch baseball before I had to Root Bat Baseball with no pitch clock. See, i got to tell you something. Okay. You – are to baseball what I am to soccer. Okay. Would, that, would that be accurate? Yeah, probably so. Because, because, because I, I, I watch, like watching and you go, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I have tried. I have pleaded to the gods. <laughs> touch me and explain to me why this soccer thing is making any sense. It's not like pole vaulting, which defies gravity and nature to me. But soccer is like... I don't under. I want to understand that there's actually a reason why we're just going to kick the ball in the opposite direction 
and count dandelions. I, I want to know why that's going on. Mm-hmm. I just can't figure it out. Yeah. But baseball, to me, is an acquired taste. I love going to games. Live games, enjoy them very much. You mean when you're not broadcasting? I like broadcasting. I don't mind broadcasting baseball. But wait a minute. You just complained about it. I just said it takes too long when it doesn't need to. That's all I've said. That's all I've ever said about baseball. And the college game, bless their heart, as much as I enjoy the college game, it's... How about a long Major League Baseball game? Those Can you are, watch it? No. I will not see all mine. No. There's no chance. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm just telling you. You're asking, I'm telling you. I don't get it. But soccer, the way, you can sit there and watch soccer. The average length, this is Drew Brooks, who is... Rude. Well, he's having a tough morning. Drew Brooks has just said the average length of a college football game is three hours and 24 minutes, according to the NCAA. As for college baseball, the average is a hair under three hours. So why are you complaining? Two hours and 59 minutes. Because the ones that... (laughs) I mean, you make no sense to me on your argument here. You really don't. Okay, then... Baseball's too long. But man, I love doing football, which is a half an hour longer. I'm not winning the argument. I don't understand. I'm not your trying argument. to win. The I argument. don't understand I, your position. The game lasts a long time. They, but not nearly times as long I, as football. I got no problem with either one of them. Okay. All right. You're trying to convince me. I'm not. Oh, sorry, I, listen. You do whatever makes you happy. I'm not trying to force no, anything on anybody. I know what you mean. I got you. Okay. But baseball, I I understand. Baseball is an acquired taste. Right. There are a lot of people that go, oh game is so boring it's so slow i'm not bored by the game because when i see somebody throw 99 and another guy hit a ball over a skyscraper love it you know what love great defensive plays the whole bit i love the strategy of baseball and some people don't get it it's just like i don't understand the strategy of soccer i want to understand it Mm -hmm. like i said i wish the soccer gods would bestow that knowledge upon me but i just don't get it I don't get it. Well, and I've told you my story about going to see a Premier League match in England, in the UK, when the Falcons played over there. I got to see West Ham play Man City. If you're in Europe, it's different. Yeah, because what I would tell people in the United States is the Premier League is college football. Right. I mean, Southern Pride football. Every way, shape, or form, it is Southeastern United States college football. Southern Fried football. Yep. <clears throat> the Premier that. League is Wes, the whole I, atmosphere, the whole bit. I was involved 100 years ago with bringing AC Milan, who at the time was the biggest name in the oh, history yeah. of soccer. Absolutely still won. To yeah. bring him over here to the States to play. Yeah. And I went to so one of their practices, and I, I didn't know any of the guys. All right. I, I, if you said, hey, this is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Whatever. Hey, great. <laughs> nice meeting you. All right. I had no idea who any of these guys were. So, Joe. But they were like rock. I mean, oh, they came over stars. here, and I couldn't believe, like, I don't get it. These, all these guys are little, they're little dudes, right? And they were rock stars, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. So I go to one of their practices, and Hey, you know what? They could kick a ball in a dime. Like, hey, kick that one 48 yards. And I mean, awesome skills. But I just don't get it. It's nil-nil. Everybody's going crazy. I'm like, hey, am I going to score? Or are we going to just get a good jog in? What are mm-hmm. we doing here? Yeah. And again, I don't mean to insult anybody that loves soccer. Oh, this guy's not sophisticated enough. You're right. I'm not. I don't get it. There you go. But that's the way the world works. I got, I'm glad we got that solved. Uh, when we come back, Drew Brooks is going to muster up the power to do true or false. 
Is he okay? No, he's not. Not you, good. You told me the Suns lost last night. Well, so he's he did. really upset. Yeah, he's really he's he's down in the dumps. They he lost stayed, to the Pelicans. Right? Stayed up late and lost to New Orleans, America's new team. How about that? Brandon Ingram of Duke and Jose Alvarado of Georgia Tech played big roles last night, getting that done. When we come back, Brooks will offer up true or false. We'll see what kind of attitude he's got. It's not a good one, just being honest. Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Good morning. Packer and Durham. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to HQ, shall we? The smart people in yep. Bristol, and uh, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Where are the smart people? I don't Against see his better judgment, please welcome Andrew Brooks to the proceedings. How you doing this morning? I'm Boy, that tired. Jose Alvarado can play, can he? Uh, great player, really, really good player. That was Brandon rude. Ingram. Uh, that guy can really player. play, can he? That Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Ingram can play. had a great uh, third and fourth quarter. That yeah. was a tough game. How was Chris Paul last night? Chris Paul was good. Uh, yeah. Devin Booker's hamstring, not so good. I'm sure nobody uh, watching us cares about that. Jay but, Crowder. Uh, Jay Crowder, 2 of 11 from the floor last night. That didn't help. Cam Johnson, 4 for 10. That, that didn't help. Is that help. what we're doing? Just going through the box score? You know, hey, I, I, I didn't even know your guys were playing last night. I was going to be nice to you. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Uh, true or false, we'll just get this going here. The <laughs> average length of a college baseball game is less than the average length of Packer and Durham. True. Yes, true. By one minute. True. Nice. Just uh, throwing that out there. Yeah, good. All right. Uh, real questions here. Did you know, not a trivia question, although it kind of is a trivia question, that no Georgia Tech baseball player has ever led the nation in home runs? Hmm. But Kevin Parada is currently leading the nation in home runs. That? True or false, he'll become yeah. the first player in Georgia Tech baseball history to lead uh, the NCAA in home runs. Uh, if Kevin and Georgia Tech could play every game at Chapel Hill, he'd hit oh. 75 home runs. Man, I, I mean, that was you. crazy. I mentioned that on Monday's show. 18 home runs in the series. They both were going yard. I'll tell you what, that guy's time. been a star. Yep. Um, and there have been some Georgia Tech players that have gone to Chapel Hill at the Bosch. Mark Teixeira hit a ball that I think just still landed. I mean, just landed in Chapel Hill. I wonder why the games are long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not kidding you. When Teixeira was at Georgia Tech, he hit a ball over the right field fence at the Bosch that hit the dorm. We've had him on the show. Yeah. Teixeira's been a uh, one of the 786 different guests on this program. How about that number four? Um, Is that I'm gonna say with Kaysen today? I'm going to say uh, Parada is – I'm going to say false. I don't think he'll lead the nation in home runs. I hope he does, but I'm going to say false. I'm going to say true. Let's okay. go for it. All I right. mean, we got some bangers in this league. Yeah, man. we do. Mark I, I, the I, tape. I, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stay positive on Yeah, that. let's mark the tape on that one. All right, how next can we question. Keep mark, wait a minute. How can we keep marking the tape and we never we're, go back? We are. Play? Don't worry. We're getting to the part of the calendar where we're going to oh, start we going back okay. and doing that stuff. I promise you. Full okay. week. Full week of just marking the tape. Was yeah, Mark full right? week of was shows. Wrong? <laughs> All right, fair Here enough. Here we go. <laughs> Glad to be part of the, the production meeting. Dogs will be here, and we'll show it all for you. There, there you go. go. Uh, all right. Did you know that Virginia baseball is currently the ACC team leader in batting average? And they're actually third in ERA. So true or false, Virginia will finish the baseball season as the ACC team leader in both batting average and team ERA. False. False. Oh, too easy. False. 
Yeah, I just, I, I mean, what Virginia better do is start winning some games, man. And like I said, I'm worried <laughs> oh. about the Hoos a little bit because they were playing lights out baseball hey. and they went making a road trip down to Coral Gables and that beautiful weather down there and the nice people and a couple shakes. And all of a sudden, they got, you know, I don't know, they're like in a food coma or something. They Coach just can't win a game. Packers up here cracking a whip on your squad. I don't know. I'm just saying, man. They're cracking a whip. Three straight losses at Miami. Right. Lost two or three at Pitt. They lost last night. We got to get the Who's jump started right. again. Okay. Get them near some water. There you go. All right. All right. Let's take it back to 2007. Do you guys Uh-oh. know where you were in 2007? I will. I know exactly yes. where I was. Yes. Would you care to share? Or we just? <laughs> I was right here in Charlotte. Oh. Vicky and I got married in 2007. Are you uptown or downtown? Uh, I was about a mile from where I'm sitting right now, uh, working on a show called Primetime with the Pac-Man. Primetime with the Pac-Man. FNZ Radio in Charlotte. Sports Radio FNZ. That's right. And you're not a Hall of Famer? No, I'm a Hall of Fame list. That is Hall of Fame list. So far, but I'm working on it. No, The 2007 was the last time Virginia Tech softball finished the season without losing a conference series. They have yet to do that this season. So true or false, they'll complete the season without losing a conference series. And before you ask, they're going to play Louisville and Boston College to finish the season. They are going to run the table. True. Yes, true. Yep. That guy done a great job. Man. Pete's done an unbelievable job. No question about it. That series in Tallahassee against Florida State was a high watermark Mm -hmm. for both of them. That was a showdown of Titans, and they win two out of three and trying to win the whole thing in terms of a sweep. So I, I think they will win the series moving out. Do you feel like they're the – you know, we always have, like, programs in the fall and in this winter and in the spring that kind of emerge as the season goes on, and they're surprising to some. These guys went to the Super Regional last year in UCLA. Yeah, I mean – I mean, they had some they had some quality things happen to their program last year. But it feels like they're the ones that are now taking that step toward prominence nationally. You know, here's the other thing. Meredith Slaw was on with us yesterday, mm-hmm. right? I loved her demeanor in terms of not only her answers were smart, right? but it sounded like a team of supreme confidence. It wasn't cockiness. right? It was just a total understanding that, hey, you know what? We've got something special. We've got a great chemistry. We're playing well. We understand how the game's played. And we've kind of been there, done that, mm-hmm. you know. And that, that she she even said that series against Florida State was one that you really found out exactly where you were in the elite pecking order. Right. And I just loved her the whole demeanor that she came across in meeting her team. So yeah, I think they've got their act together. They're yeah. going to be a tough out. Yeah. Tough out. All right. Uh, so sometimes this show is uh, two more. Sometimes this show is poorly produced, and we forgot to mention that Kevin Parada on the first question uh, will be joining us at 9:30 on Friday. Joining us today at 9:30 will be Jamie Ortega from North Carolina. She has scored a goal in 48 straight games. True or false? She will score a goal in every remaining game in her career. Look at, look at him putting it on. Uh, that would be true. That would be true. 48 straight, huh? Yeah, yes, I'm going to go with uh, and Duke and Duke tomorrow night. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> the record is 66 in a row, but I don't think we're going to get there because there's just not enough games played. Uh, I'm going to say true. Yeah, I'll go true. I'll true. I'll go true. 48 in a row. All right, last question. True or false? 
I was going to ask you another trivia question because I know how much you like trivia. Um, False. <laughs> did you know the last time that the men and women won the ACC men's and women's golf championships from the same school was 2017 Duke. Duke is the only school that has mm. done it. They've done it twice, 2017 and 2005. True or false, Wake Forest will win the ACC men's golf championship this weekend. False. False, yeah. You know, one of the longest droughts, amazingly, uh-huh. in the country – in my opinion, is the Wake Forest men's golf program winning ACC golf championships. Great tradition, great history, great everything. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing how long. It's been like since the late 80s, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's been a while. It's yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. i got to look that one up. Just off, But off the top of my head, it kind of feels like NC State basketball. Right. Right? I'm it's been that. that long since they've won mm-hmm. an ACC championship. Now, listen, the league is loaded. Yep. It is great. Not good. It is great. Mm-hmm. So if they can pull it off, tremendous. But the Deeks have the do factor when it comes to the men's golf championship. No question. Yeah. A uh, um, quick look uh, at the Google machine. It looks like 1989 was the last go. time Wake Forest won a men's golf championship. And it's 87, I think, for NC State basketball. 87 at Landover. Yep. 89 for Wake Golf. 89, Wes. I mean, this league, I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. has some serious golf, man. But the Deeks have been part of that great tradition since I remember being a kid. Yeah. Back to Jesse Haddock and, and all those great teams, Curtis Strange and Jay Haas and all those guys they used to have in the 70s. You've got four in the top 17, according to Golf Stat, that open play uh, at Sharks Tooth this week. Carolina 5, Georgia Tech 11, Notre Dame 13, Wake Forest 17. Uh, Clemson is in the top 20. They're at 23, Florida State 24, NC State 26. So then, you basically have seven teams in the top 25. Seven teams in the top 25. Yeah, I mean, that's how good this league is. Yeah. And could any of them win it? Absolutely. Yeah. It wouldn't be a shock. Yeah, the last time out, Georgia Tech was a winner. Uh, Notre Dame finished second at the Stitch Intercollegiate. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And remember last year we had the incredible match with Florida State and Clemson and Larry Penley, my man, Penley. And My man it? makes the downhill double breaker at Crab Apple. Right. Bonus time. Were you okay with the extra time in golf? That Is that you yeah, okay like with that? that? Yeah, I'm all about that. Oh, okay. So that's okay, but extra time in yeah. baseball, forget that. Yeah. By the way, if you're in the uh in the Shark's Tooth area down there around Destin in that area, you want to go see this event. Oh, you'll see some You want to see some guys who can move it. Oh. <laughs> I had some buddies go last year to Crab Apple. Hey, whatever they, happened to us doing golf? That wasn't on your to-do list yeah. to get us doing golf? What yeah. happened with that? Oh, just we're, we're still a part of the program. We just got to get it worked out. We have to actually go to the site to do it, it looks like. Well, okay. We're going to Florida, aren't we? Well, yeah, but we're a little late. We're, if we're going to go, we got to go like today, but maybe next year. I thought you were working on this. I was working on it. Well, what happened? I got some intel on it. Well, we're in the basement with dogs. That didn't work out well. This is where we need to be. This is where we execute a big part of the program. Boy, this has been a very disappointing year. Just got to tell you. Okay. (laughs) Anything else, Drew? No, sir. Okay. Okay, Good luck to your sons, man. Nicely done on uh, true or false. I hope Phoenix wins because, you know, when the sons lose, Brooks kind of mopes around a little bit. Yeah. Can I say it was a combination of true or false and did you know? But it wasn't trivia. No, I'm not doing trivia. Not doing trivia. When we come back, 
Speaking of men's golf, Bruce Hepler joined us yesterday, the coach of Georgia Tech. The program looking for its 19th ACC championship. We will talk to the longtime head golf coach at the Georgia Institute of Technology next on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. The Phoenix Suns favorite song this morning. Cold as ice. Cold as ice. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There's only re- that's the only reason that was played is that somebody's got a vendetta up there in Bristol. Boy, Lou Graham, he could bring it, couldn't he? Lead singer Farner. is unbelievable. All right, Bruce Hepler joined us yesterday, head golf coach, men's side, Georgia Tech. Headed to the Shark's Tooth for the weekend down on the uh, panhandle. He was funny yesterday. Man. There he was. Very good. We got into this, though, because remember the format is stroke play and then they get to match play with the top four. Bruce gave us some great insight. Mentality. His players and others will have to have when play begins in South Florida. I think the first thing you, you better do if you make the Final Four is not start jumping up and down and dancing around because it's just getting started. Um, you know, I think that the unique thing about this is, uh, you know, if you're in sixth or seventh place after two rounds, uh, the trophy's probably disappeared from view. Um, in this scenario, if you're in sixth or seventh and you have a good last round, you can get to match play and it all starts all over again. So. Uh, the, the main difference, I think, that I've learned is, uh, you know, stroke play, uh, it may be the 50th hole before you feel like you've got to make a putt to win the tournament. Uh, but match play, the uniqueness of it is the winning and losing starts on the very first hole. Uh, you're going to have a putt uh, on the first hole to win, lose, or half uh, the hole. And so the intensity gets ratcheted up big time. And so it, it just to get them ready to know that things are going to change and, um, there's nothing like it. It's it's the Ryder Cup, uh, you know, for us, playing on a team and doing that stuff. So the, just the intensity is uh, completely different. You know, we talked about uh, the Sharks here at the Thomas and Mac. Now we're going to the Sharks' tooth to play this ACC tournament. Uh, what do we know about the golf course? Uh, you know, we got fortunate. Uh, it was supposed to be a neutral site, and uh, they lost the greens at their other course down there. So we actually got to play in February. And uh, we, 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 we had a good trip and uh, feel good about going back. But it's, uh, it's pretty narrow. You've got to drive the ball really well. Um, it's got some length to it, so it's not a, uh, a pitch and a wedge course. And so I think the team that uh, shows up and can, can really ball strike it, it has a, a, a tremendous chance of winning the tournament. But they laid out the carpet for us there in February. It was overseeded wall to wall. So I would expect the conditions to be phenomenal when we get there on, on Wednesday. All right, you've won 10 of the last 15 of these ACC championships. What's the secret at this event for you? Well, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was helpful when we had the, the event at the same place every year um, because all the stories of winning and great shots and stuff were shared on the way up. And as we played the practice round talking about Nick Thompson's four iron this year yes. and, and making – Three, two eagles and three birdies on the last hole to beat NC State one year. And so we were able to create, a, uh, I think, an environment of expectations that uh, we're just going to play well when we, when we get to this tournament, no matter what the year's been, no matter who we have. There was just a kind of a feeling of, you know, this is our place and we play well here and you could talk your guys into to believing that. And then uh, the real secret weapon is uh, something I picked up in South Africa. We had... Uh, waffles with ice cream and chocolate syrup every night. So uh, we just try to do whatever we can. 
Uh, I have found that that has helped uh, performances on television and radio shows as well, Bruce. It's kind of funny how that works. Um, it's amazing. It is amazing. It's truly incredible. Um, I, we had Kim Llewellyn on the show yesterday. And, of course, Wake Forest just won the Women's ACC Golf Championship over the weekend. And I asked her about recruiting, uh, about watching junior golf now. I'm going to ask you the same question. You've had great talent, right? I mean, great players. Uh, you've seen incredible junior golfers develop into great PGA Tour players. David Duvall goes on to be a number one player, et cetera, et cetera. So with that said, Bruce, when you go and recruit now, um, describe the difference of what junior golf looks like in today's society versus maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever the case may be. Well, I think the main thing is when uh, you show up and look at the range compared to 15 or 20 years ago, you could kind of walk down there and go, chance, no chance, chance, no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance. Um, and it was pretty easy to identify um, who the best players were uh, without a lot of time. And I think through time with all of the, the new instruction and more kids have access to that, the AJGA was playing um, one event a week in the summer. Now they're playing three, three times a week. So the opportunities to learn and grow uh, you don't get better without playing in tournaments. So I think what I see is there's still an elite group, uh, 10 or 15 kids who will make a difference uh, the minute they walk in the door. But the 20 to 120, they all look the same. And, uh, and so it really becomes just more um, can you get lucky with some choices and then try to do a really good job of developing who you get. But uh, that gap has uh, narrowed between the 20th player and the 150th player significantly um, and, and I think that what makes it harder in recruiting is really identifying. And you could do the same thing at a collegiate uh, event 20 years ago. You could walk and that team doesn't have a chance. That team has a chance just based on fundamentals uh, that you could see uh, on the range. But that's not the case anymore. Everybody's got guys that can, can play now and swing now. And, and uh, the gaps really certainly got much smaller. You know, Bruce, like, for example, uh, Jordan Spieth won this weekend at RBC. The week before, Scotty Scheffler takes care of business at Augusta. Both of them went to the University of Texas. Uh, do you remember seeing them? I mean, they're in their, what, 25, 29 years old, whatever it is. Do you remember seeing them as junior players thinking, can't miss, that's a PGA Tour player? Or do guys get better, even in this day and age, with all the instruction and the equipment and so forth? Well, I don't want to be liable here uh, in the state of Texas, but uh, I think <laughs> speed from the, the get-go was obvious. There was just something different about him. Um, it didn't always look great, but, boy, you, you got to the end of the day and you went to the scoreboard and, and, and Jordan was there every day. I can remember, actually, the last time I watched Scotty Scheffler hit a shot. I'd watched him for years. Uh, he took lessons from the same teachers, Paul Haley and Matt Weibring, who'd played for us out of Royal Oaks mm -hmm. in Dallas, and they kept telling me, we can get this guy. And I'm going, no, we can't. He's going to Texas, <laughs> but I tried for a while. Let me ask you this, by the way. Has Pastor called you for any of your players? By the way, his potential walk-ons. You got a six-eight kid. What in the world is going on? Be Bartley Forrester six-five. Where where did that come from? What are you doing? Recruiting long and lean. What are we doing? That wedge from the rough's better than that forearm from the fairway. I can promise you. That <laughs> is, this is a fact. This is a fact. When we went small with Howard off the floor and Usher playing the five, we actually were taller than what Josh was throwing out there. So, <laughs> I mean. How about Hepler, huh? How about Hepler? When you're that good, you got jokes, right? I mean, goodness gracious. I, I tell you, you're right. If you have a chance to go see the ACC oh, Men's Golf Championship so this good. week, make an appearance and check it out. You will see some great talent. We'll pull the scorecard tomorrow 
we'll pull the scorecard and show you some hole lengths and how far they're going to play it. It won't it won't phase that crowd a bit. Well, that's the thing that's so amazing. And when we had Kim Luello on the other day talking about Wake Forest Women's Golf Championships, yeah. uh, the the kids hit it a mile. It is amazing how far they hit it. Man. They're really good players. And, and I know the equipment, the ball, I get all that stuff. Yeah, but still, you got to have the skill and the ability to do it. That's and they've it. got it. they got talent. All right, sit tight. 8 o'clock hour. We welcome David Hale back to this program. That's right. First time we've seen Hale in quite a while. Uh, be his uh, 14th appearance. 14? Yep. Owe him a mug. Uh, the portal is next on our minds. College football and beyond with David Hale next on Packer and Durham. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.